Hi, I am Dr. Shalini Anupam Jain and I have been teaching classes 11 and 12 for a long time now. I am here to give you a few tips on how to deal with the CBSE English Core Board Paper as well as discuss the lessons and poetry prescribed in the course. We will start with a poem Keeping Quiet by Pablo Neruda. A Nobel laureate for literature, he was one of the most influential writers of the 20th century. Here he emphasizes upon the need for quiet introspection and feeling of mutual understanding. Now there are two words, introspection and retrospection. While introspection has the word in in it, so you look inwards to know what you really want, retrospection has the word retro which means the past and therefore it means learning from past mistakes. Coming to the poem. Now we will count to 12 and we will all keep still. Now, Why does the poet pick up the number 12 only? There are three reasons behind it. 12 are the number of markings on a watch. So he wants us to do introspection throughout our uh, day. 12 are also the months of the year. And when one gets angry, they say count to 10. But when you count up to 12, you reach a level of meditation and introspection. Therefore, he asks you to count up to 12 and not do anything during that time. He wants us to meditate. For once on the face of the earth, let's not speak any language. Now, when he says on the face of the earth, he is using personification. Now, he is against linguistic chauvinism. According to him, language creates most barriers and he wants us not to speak. Then he says, let's stop for one second and not move our arms so much. He wants us to stay still, not talk, reach a level of meditation and introspect about what is good and what is bad for us. It would be exotic moment without rush, without engines. Now he calls this moment exotic because exotic means something that is exquisite or unusual. The poet calls this silence a moment of quiet introspection exotic because it is highly unusual and not easily attainable. Right from the moment we get up in the morning, right from the moment we get up in the morning, we are dependent on machines, the alarm, the toothbrush, the gas stove, electricity bulb, everything around us is a machine. We cannot do without them. One hour without our phones and we feel so lost. Imagine a day without these gadgets. It would be so different and unusual. I'll quote another example. When we observe a two-minute silence to honor Gandhiji on 30th January, the first minute goes in fidgeting and getting used to the silence. But in the second minute, the quietitude binds us together. We can even hear our own heartbeats. There's no ill feeling for anyone. Hence, it promotes universal brotherhood. And this is what the writer calls strange. He says we are all together in a sudden strangeness because these kind of things don't happen very often. Now the next paragraph 
he says fishermen in the cold sea would not harm the whales and a man gathering salt would look at his hurt hands the fishermen in the sea would not harm the whales he tries to tell us that in our quest for a good life man has hurt both the environment and himself you think the fishermen who are there in case they had time to think if in case they had time to introspect would they harm the whales which are an endangered species they would definitely look for an alternative catch some other fish in a better quantity and sell it for the same price man gathering salt would look at his hurt hands now when he says gathering salt he means man is working so hard to make a living for himself that he doesn't realize how much he's uh, hurting his own body you know nowadays the stress uh, diseases are on the rise you have young people suffering from heart attacks from hypertension from diabetes everything related to stress so he's not only harming the environment but he's also harming himself those who prepare green wars wars with gas wars with fire victory with no survivors now the writer says those those who are those those are the politicians they are the bureaucrats the policy makers now they prepare green wars green wars is a metaphor for deforestation wars with gas metaphor for pollution wars with fire metaphor for weapons victory with no survivors now what good is a victory when there's nobody left to enjoy it if everyone is grieving a victory has no meaning so he says it is no good to have a victory when people are not happy even if they survive they are not going to enjoy that victory now these people would put on clean clothes they would introspect they would have clean thoughts clean clothes is a metaphor for clean thoughts and walk about with their brothers in the shade they would talk to each other they would find a solution by racking their brains in the shade refers to peace doing nothing means they would not harm the environment or harm each other and yet find out a solution let's take up an example here you know when the uh, dehradun delhi expressway was being built you know the day it was announced in the assembly that this is going to be built within one week all the trees around were cut the the work did not start for almost 5 years now had somebody given a thought to it those many trees could have been planted elsewhere and they would have been 5 years old by the time the work started but then nobody had the time to think about that they never worked that out had they thought in peace had they thought about the environment about themselves then they would have planted them what i want should not be confused with total inactivity the writer says that i am not asking you to be inactive he says i do not mean that total inactivity is when a person dies or he is extremely lazy now he that's a fate worse than death and the poet does not advocate death at all 
Life is what it is all about. He says, I am talking about ways and means of making your life more meaningful. I want no truck with death. Now he uses this euphemism to say that he is not talking about death at all. He is talking only and only about how to improve your life. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving, he says man by nature is selfish. He only thinks about himself and how he can make his own life better. And for once could do nothing. Perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and threatening ourselves with death. He says for once could do nothing means if we could introspect perhaps a huge silence he says maybe we will realize then how much sadness we are causing to ourselves in pursuit of finding this happiness through luxury of never understanding ourselves i'll take up an example here again you know when you when you pass out you're going to do that very soon in the first year, you'll probably be earning 50,000 rupees, but you will have your Saturday, Sunday off, weekend off. After two years, maybe you'll be told, okay, you can have a meeting or two on Saturday, but then you will be paid 1 lakh rupees. You'll lap it up, you'll take it over. Then one fine day, you would be told, okay, on Sundays, you might have to be on a conference call, but you will get 3 lakh rupees. And then you will be told that there is no timing. You will get 5 lakhs, but you have to be called whenever the situation demands. Remember, Roshan was on call while his friends were going for a holiday. Now, if you go through your life, well, in those 3 lakh rupees, when you were not on, a, on their beck and call, you were doing extremely well. You were meeting all your requirements. The rest goes into the bank. What use is it? You know, you can only save up to a certain limit. So he says, we would understand that this is not really what I, what we want. Why look at life after 40? Enjoy life while it's still there. Perhaps the earth can teach us as when everything seems dead and later proves to be alive. Now he says that we must learn from the earth. There will be times when you feel that there is no hope left. But then he says take lessons from the earth. When time is conducive, things will automatically move in the right direction. Now you have to be prepared with at least two examples because the question that comes is how does the earth teach us? So give the example of a volcano. A volcano may lie dormant for many years and then erupt all of a sudden. It comes back to life. A seed might lie, might lie buried in the sand throughout summer months. But the moment it rains, the weather is conducive, it sprouts out. We can also take the example of you know, land covered with snow. You know, when the land is covered with a blanket of snow, not even the birds chirp. But the moment the snow starts melting, everything comes back to life. 
so when the time is conducive things will automatically move in the right direction now the last two lines now i'll count up to 12 and you keep quiet and i will go now the right now the writer says that now that he is imparted all the knowledge so he wants the person to further advocate this process of introspection he says now you give the gyan and i will go and teach other people to pass on this message now the question that comes is how are the first two lines of the poem different from the last two lines now in the first two lines the poet came into the scene and he wanted to teach the readers how to introspect and why to introspect in the last two lines he has already imparted that education and he wants us to spread that message thank you